Pat the Rat coming to you from Seattle, Washington, home of the Seattle Supersonics fan base. I'm Josh. Today I have Trevor joining us to talk some trades from the trade deadline. There was a bunch of trades that went down. There's about seven of them that we're going to go through in detail. Uh, so make sure you listen. Uh, one little shout out. You're going to be hearing more about it as time goes on. Two guys from the league, and we'll see if we pull anybody else in. We don't have a lot of runners, so I doubt it. But there's a 5K uh, for Break the Chains of Human Trafficking that two of us are going to be running in to raise a little bit of money in May towards a very, very good cause. And stay tuned for how you can help on that. But right now, here's Trevor and I's conversation on the trade deadline. Enjoy. There were some, there were some big trades. I'm watching I had the Lakers, the Warriors game on. Watching yeah. that, watching Wiggins. How do you look? He's he's been okay. He's been good. I don't know. I I've never been a huge fan of Andrew Wiggins' game, but I don't know if you know a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that he played in Minnesota. But so that's the hard I, part. I, it, it's. I understand wanting to get rid of D'Angelo Russell because he's a ball dominant guy, and especially when Clay and Steph come back. I mean, it's this was more of a move for next year. Oh, for sure. But at the same time, does Andrew Wiggins really fit what you're trying to do? You know, he doesn't play defense. He's not, not... a great. He's got some athleticism. I mean, that's for sure. He's got some skill. But I don't know. It'll, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. It's he seems like a he seems kind of like I don't know. I don't know what to, who to compare him to. I almost want to compare him to like Draymond Green, but not as good defensively. Wiggins, or a little better offensively. Well, that's that's gonna be the interesting part. Is I mean, I know all like the advanced analytics and stuff absolutely hate him and I, I don't always blame him when you watch him sometimes uh, yeah but he he is scoring like 22 points a game I mean four years ago and he's still 24 years old and right, four years ago four years ago he averaged 23 and a half points a game yeah so it's, I mean it's he's not a dead-eye shooter but he's a 33 percent guy but most of those aren't like easily easy shots that others are creating 44% from the field. So he's, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting uh, to see him not have to be the number one. I was going to say, and that'll be a kind of an interesting role to see how he handles, you know, being the third or fourth option as opposed to being the go-to guy, you know, I feel like he's not quite as good of a shooter as Harrison Barnes but he's, like, a little bit better in most all other areas than, yeah. than Barnes. Yeah, that's a good comparison. He reminds me of, yeah. He's just not quite as thick. A he's probably giving up 20, better 25 pounds. Of, yeah, for sure. But, no, that was, a, that was an interesting move. So there was, there's a total of 12 moves. I figure there's really seven that are worth talking about. Uh so might as well hop in. What, what I did is I pulled up uh, Kevin Pelton's. He's got all of his trade grades that he gives uh, for the different deals. Trying to take everything into account. And he gave, he gave the Warriors a C. Uh, gave yeah. him a C on that deal. And meanwhile, he gave the Timberwolves an A-. minus. So I guess he thinks a lot higher of uh, D'Angelo Russell. And he just thinks he's well, way better than Wiggins. And I and I wonder if part of that is the contract situation because doesn't Wiggins have like a he's pretty expensive, isn't he? Oh, he's so expensive. Yes, he. I'll pull it up here uh, while you're talking, but uh, he he has a few more years and he's up around thirty million a year. Yeah, see, that would be that would be my guess. Is a lot of it has to do with the money situation. And I was listening to uh, I was watching something earlier today, and they were talking about this trade actually and they were talking about how the Warriors possibly had an option to trade with the Knicks and it wouldn't have been as good of a player as Andrew Wiggins but it would, you, they would have got like two more draft it basically would have been a salary dump you know to get D'Angelo Russell off the off the cap so then they could go after somebody 
next year. Yeah, see, if I'm not getting the Knicks, like, first-round pick this year, uh, I don't know what they really can give me that I'm really that interested in. I want to say it was a 21 first-round pick. Yeah, which you Maybe which they got 20, in this which they got 20. in this deal. See, part of part of I think what people are missing on some of this is I was listening to what Brian Windhorse on uh one of his podcasts that he's on on the jump or whatever they're doing at the trade deadline during yeah. the trade deadline, and he kept saying something about using the cap space differently than D'Angelo Russell or whatever. But that's the thing people don't understand is like it, it, they couldn't have done something different with that cap space. So there was an opportunity cost to it because they're already over the cap, so they were only able to get that contract because they're signing and trading a player out. So if they didn't do a sign and trade with Durant, their payroll would have just been lower this year. So they couldn't go sign a free agent with that money. They right. just can't pay that money. And so now they did that as like a placeholder. And then they ultimately found a replacement three who brought back more draft capital than they used to execute the trade with Durant because they, they used two first-round picks, but one of them's never going to convey and one's several years in the future. And then they right. just picked up Minnesota's first-round pick next year who they're probably going to be terrible. I mean, they're they're Minnesota. <laughs> I guess they have a chance of looking good. But what do you think about this trade for them? For Minnesota? Yeah. I, and that, I see, and that's a, another interesting deal. Like, if you're the Timberwolves and you're giving up a first-round pick, like, to me, it, that, that part of the trade doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you're kind of rebuilding anyway. <laughs> I don't unless they think they're going to go send somebody. You know, and they, you know, they just wanted to get out from underneath Andrew Wiggins. But I don't know. I, I see it. I'm not a huge D'Angelo Russell fan. You know, I, I I wasn't a fan of his when he was in Brooklyn. Um, Does the league fear a pick and roll with him and Towns at the top of the key? I think that's the whole question. If the league's like afraid of that, th- this was smart. This is like a thing to build your team around. If the team, I think if the a, league's I mean, not afraid of it, it's it's a good pick and roll situation. But at the same time, like, is it is it that good? Like, and I I don't know that it is personally. Supposedly they're like buddies, and so Towns was like, "Oh, having him here will help keep me in Minnesota." And I'm kind of like, "I yeah. sure you just signed a five year extension. <laughs> That's gonna keep you in Minnesota." <laughs> you know, I could, I could be off on this, but didn't Towns and Towns and Wiggins not really like each other. Uh, about that. I'm not sure. I could be off on that, but I thought that I, that was – I don't know if it was ever, like, that overt, but I'm not sure that they ever showed chemistry together and, like, getting along or things working right. out well. But part of that's just when you lose together with the same persons for so long and you're, like, the two guys, it's either you're pointing at yourself for being terrible or the other person or the organization. And it works. <laughs> either way, either you, you think the organization sucks and the organization that gave me this as my sidekick, like, or right. like whatever, it's just going to be tough to keep it going. I, so I think it was uh, – for the Timberwolves, they reset their whole roster because they, they were also involved in some other trades. And so they ended yeah. up with Malik Beasley and uh, uh, Juan Herchin Gomez. Or, oh, i killing his last name there. Hernan Gomez or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but they they brought those two in, which gives kind of replaces Wiggins on the wing yeah, a little bit. And yeah. then Russell's more of a point guard, which was what they were trying to make Wiggins in this year, right. which wasn't really working very no. well. But. Not, but, no, I think, I think kind of what you said earlier is probably pretty right on. And just when you lose – with the same group of guys for long enough, you know, sometimes you just need to change, you know, and that's kind of what I think they, they did. They, they got some other guys and they just needed a change. They needed somebody else. I mean, they were really, they really needed a point guard anyways, because the, yeah, the Andrew Wiggins experiment at point, I don't know, wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, no, to say the least. I mean, who, who was their, who was their other guy they had there before? Was it Tyus Jones? Yeah, they, they let him walk this offseason. They uh, let him walk and, you know, just – They had Jeff Teague, who they shipped out a couple weeks ago back to Atlanta. Yeah. So he was started the season as their point guard and moved to the bench. Um, you can see how well that worked. Uh, yeah. But 
Yeah, no, yeah. They, they did a whole reset, and I think I think it was good timing, and they they played it well. So it'll be interesting to see what they can pull off. They should have a good draft pick this year to hopefully add something uh, to the core and be able to move uh, through. But it, anything anything else on this deal for the the Wolves or the Warriors? No, I think um, I don't know. We'll see how it works. I I, I mean, I just, I just. I'm not – I mean, some big names move, but I, I don't know that either team got significantly better by making that move. That's kind of kind of that I look at it. They just, like, reposition themselves. I will say this, though, with the Warriors. What would you rather have as your starting lineup next year? Steph, Clay, Russell, Green, and Looney? Or would you rather have Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Green, and Looney. I'd really, I mean, when you say it like that, you'd, I'd say for sure Wiggins because you add some size and that puts Steph kind of at the, you know, I know Steph is off the ball, wants to be off the ball a little bit too, but I mean, Wiggins can handle it enough. Yeah. And Green can handle it a little bit. Yeah. You point forward. And, and uh, but yeah, I, I think that second lineup definitely gives them more versatility, more size, um, probably a little more athleticism. So, functionally, I think it's going to be better on the floor. Yeah. So, it's a fit just lineup-wise. And they picked up the Timberwolves' first and second round draft pick next year. So, they're about betting on Russell not being very good and Tim and Towns being like an eh team and picking up like a sixth, seventh, eighth overall pick. In so, they, so do they, get, they got Minnesota's 21 pick? 21 first and second first round pick. And it's top three protected. So, if it yeah. lands in the top three, they don't get it. But if it – lands to the top three then it rolls over the next year unprotected and so if it landed in the top three now you get the pick the next year from a team who is just really 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 bad yeah right so you know and that's that could that could be huge for them because they're gonna probably have a top three pick this year and then you know you well, they, back they had they had 10. nothing they had nothing like asset wise hardly like to be able to trade or do anything with they like killed themselves getting russell they used everything that they could trade pretty much to get Russell as far as draft picks and everything, second-round picks especially. They were just like zeroed everything out. But then at the deadline, they picked up those three – we might as well talk about their other trade where they picked up the three second-rounders. Yeah. And so they got four second-rounders and a good first-round pick yeah. at the trade deadline. And they made next year's starting five a better fit and a better overall unit. And that's where I'm confused why they got a C <laughs> like right. on the trade. I'm kind of like, uh, okay, I guess. But, yeah. but what do you think of the 76ers picking up a couple guys? They picked up Alec Burks and uh, well, Big Dog Jr., is that essentially? Yeah. <laughs> Glenn Robinson, Glenn uh, Rob- the third. The third. They needed, they needed a little spark, I think. Um, I like Glenn Robinson, you know, for that second unit. Um, I think, I think he'll, I think he'll make an impact for sure. Who was the other guy they picked up? Uh, Alec Burks. Alec Burks. So last year he was like minimum guy coming, getting signed. Yeah. This, but this year he's like 16 points a game. I mean, he's on a bad team, but 16 points a game, three assists, almost five rebounds, at like 38% from downtown. Yeah, I would say he's putting up some pretty decent numbers. I mean, he's obviously his role is going to change because he's going to be with some, be playing with some better players. But um, I think, but it's like those two and Thibault are going to be most of the 76ers bench now. Yep, yep, and I think that that adds some depth. I mean, they needed some depth. Um, I mean, obviously their starting five was really good. Are they think, though? Are they? <laughs> well, when are MB they really is, good? When I'm MB torn. Is, when Embiid is consistent, he's so inconsistent. It's crazy. You know, he'll go out there one day and look like, you know, one of the top five players in the NBA, and he'll go out there the next day and look like he doesn't belong out there. It's, you know, it's uh. You know, I think that team kind of revolves around him and how he plays. You know, him, him, him and Sim, and the, I don't know. I'm not – Ben Simmons is kind of a 
I like him, but he has a lot of holes in his game. Well, you know? no, he just has one really big hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is he hasn't improved at all. Like over, you know, you look at a guy like like Giannis, who kind of came in the league around the same time and kind of had the same, the same, uh, you know, scouting report, the same flaws, and he's gotten a lot better as far as shooting the basketball. Yeah. I mean, from, from the free throw line, he's still been terrible. But as far as shooting the ball, as far as putting, you know, some stuff that he needed to get better at, he has. You know, it just doesn't look like Simmons has gotten any better. Not to say he's not a good player, but he just well, hasn't he hasn't improved as much as you'd like to see. I I think they could have done a lot of good by if they had been able to turn Horford into a point guard. Yeah. I like that lineup way more. If you put Simmons at the four and you have Tobias at the three and Richardson and Embiid, and then you mm-hmm. get like a 13th, 14th, 15th best point guard in the league running the running the show. And yeah. What? No, I, I, and kind of like what they're doing in uh, Houston. And right. we'll, we might have to segue into this deal here in a second, but kind of like what they're doing with Houston with Russell Westbrook, where they're pretty much just making him like they're putting him in a big position on offense. And now making suddenly, him. what? Making him the center. A hundred percent. That's what they did. <laughs> hey, Capella, we have somebody else who's going to play hero. Uh, anything else on the, on the 76ers before we go to this Covington trade? Cause I think that's where no. we're going. I think we're good. So what do you think about basketball without centers? <laughs> it's, it doesn't surprise me because even the, I mean it's kind of the way the game's been going I mean there's very few back to the basket players anyways you know but to just eliminate big guys overall I don't know it's, it seems like a real D'Antoni move I oh know? I watched them play the Lakers the other night and they're talking about D'Antoni making the points like, yeah, 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 offensive rebounds is one thing, but what we're really looking at is second chance points. How many second chance points do they get? And so, like, because it's the way they're defending, they're they're definitely flying all over the floor a little bit more because everybody's smaller players and just being yeah. really disruptive. So now you have big guys. It's a little deceiving, like as a like I'm not seven footer, but like as a, a pseudo big guy back in high school, right? You get like the mouse in the house situation going on, and it's really easy to like screw that up where you're like over force it and you're like try and make sure you get it, but they know well, what you're gonna try and do, and you poke they poke it away just often enough that you're really not that efficient. No, 100%. And I, you know, I would kind of, I dealt with that a lot because I was in our, my senior, our senior year, I was, I think, the shortest guy in our starting lineup. Yeah. So I would see a lot of little guys, you know, to start oh, with. Yeah, it, it, it's like, it's <laughs> not, like, what's it's going on? As, as you think, you know, to the take 6'2, 235 guy, maybe you shouldn't have the tidy little guy guarding him. <laughs> right. You, you got these you got these little guys and they, you know, and they, they kind of are they're pesky and yeah, you'll get an easy shot here and there, but you know, they create chaos too. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just as easy as shooting over the top of them. Well, correct. Center of gravity is a huge part of it. So people get under you. And this is what I learned, and I applied it to my post defense. Is <laughs> like I just yeah. got to get under the guy. I don't need to be bigger than him. I need to be lower than. Him. And right. I think they talk about that in football, like low man wins, uh, same you know, type of thing. True. What? Oh, guy, guys that know how to use their bodies. That's that's the. You know, you see guys that are. You see some guys that go out there that are seven feet tall, and they get, you know, they they look like they can't get their shot off at all, and you see guys. You know, a guy that I watched for, for UW, Isaiah Stewart. I don't know if you've seen him play. A little bit. Not as much as I would like. I mean, 90% of the guys he goes up against are bigger than he is. But he knows how to use his body. He gets underneath yeah. it, uses his shoulder, and creates space with contact, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, it, I don't think size is as big of a factor, especially – defensively I mean I think it's more of a factor rebounding wise you know I think they'll struggle a little bit rebounding but like D'Antoni said it's about 
second chance points. If they get three offensive rebounds in a possession and don't score, you know, so what? Uh, something that I the Rockets really seem to uh, believe in is the shorter guys with the longer arms. Yeah, and I think that's like a sneaky. It's like, yeah, tallest guys like six six, but what's the longest uh, wingspan out there? Because right. when you have a long wingspan, just like the guy they brought in, um, who did they? Oh, I'm blanking on his name. But I that they flipped uh, Bell for, and they brought brought him oh. in. He's like six nine, but he's got like a seven five wingspan or something like this. And I'm like, well, he's from you know. uh, from from Memphis, right? Uh, yeah, Kubaklo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But guys like this, they're like, well, I'd rather have a six nine guy out there because it's harder to get that guy in space and get him all tripping over himself than a seven one guy. But if he's got the same got long span, arms, I mean, yeah. I, I need those long arms in the right spot on the floor, not in like five feet out of position because you're tall and clum- clumsy. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's and that's huge. I mean, look. I mean, even a guy, you know, back to the Sixers, a guy like Thibel, he's only six four, six five. But I mean, he he's got arms, and it feel like you feel like he gets his hands on everything. Oh, he's you know, a lot of that. A lot of that is skill, but I mean, he's got long arms too. You know, and that's you know that's that's huge. Especially, you know, this especially the way the basketball is going. And, you know, it's an up and down. It's not a. It's not basketball in the '90s where the scores are going to be in the '70s and every possession you you dump it down to a big guy and if they double him, he kicks it out for a three. That's not not how it works anymore. You know, it's about how many shots can we get up. You know, especially with the the introduction of all these analytics and stuff. You know, speaking of the Rockets, they're huge into that, and that's that's kind of the direction they're going. Oh, so much so. So they had a four-team trade. The Rockets got Covington and Jordan Bell, who we just talked about. They flipped. And then a 2024 second rounder. The Hawks got Capella and Nene, who I'm sure will never enter a Hawks facility. (laughs) He's moving on. Uh, Timberwolves get Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez. Oh, I definitely butchered that earlier. Uh, Evan Turner and Jared Vanderbilt, who might be a sneaky good little pickup in there. Yeah, um, and then twenty twenty first rounder, and then the nugget the Nuggets get Gerald Green, Bates Diop, which nice little lottery ticket, Shabazz Napier, who they already flipped over to uh, the Wizards, brought back uh, more of a scoring wing to help replace Beasley and Hernan yep. Gomez and McCray and Napier will hopefully give a little more point guard play to the Wizards, and then they get uh, Noah Vonley who. I don't, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't stuck on a team. He's not awesome, but he seems like a guy who should be coming off the bench for somebody and playing good, solid minutes for him. Right, um, exactly. And, and a first-round pick. You know, a guy that's a guy that's athletic, six nine, can, has, has some skill. He's just not quite as good as you want him to be in pretty much everything. Right, right. <laughs> He's almost as good as you want him to be in like everything to be like perfect. He's but. just okay in everything. So, what did you think of this deal? First of all, there's a lot of players flying all over the place. There's a lot right. going on. But what was your big takeaway? I know we already talked about um, like the no center <laughs> for the Rockets. That, that's the biggest thing. I mean, Capella, Capella, the, the Rockets shipping out Capella. Um, yeah, that was just to me that was mind blowing. Like it just it makes sense when you talk about it, but still, just like thinking about the Rockets using Russell Westbrook as a center just as kind of wow. <laughs> but, um, but what do you do? Uh, you have Covington in, in one corner. You have Tucker in the other corner. You have yep. James Harden and Russell Westbrook running a pick and roll at the top of the key with Gordon spacing on the weak side. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, can't, you can't help off anybody. Yeah, you throw it to the roll, man. It's like now you got a point guard catching it going downhill at 15 feet. Like, yeah. Okay. No, it makes it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's going to create a ton of mismatches. It makes a lot of sense, but it just uh, it just a weird, a weird deal. It's a weird deal, you know. 
And I think, you know, in the Wizards, too, like you said, getting kind of helping out the point guard position because um, they got rid of Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, another deal. Well, like, another all this deal. stuff was – this was the deal that once it hit, like, everything cascaded. It was like <laughs> yeah. the log jam holding everything up uh, right. straight from there because then another deal, Napier went over to replace Thomas, who got moved out in another deal, and it's just like, oh. So, yeah. a lot of moving parts. The – so I, I'm kind of excited for the Rockets. I think they just looked at it and they said, okay, we don't have the size to match up with the Bucks or the Lakers. We just don't have it. And we're not yeah. going to have it. And Capella doesn't really solve that problem. So right. if we don't have that, we just need to go all in at what we do have. What, can we, have we, any do chance to, what can we do to create mismatches? It, exactly. You know, that's, all, that's all it is. That's, I mean, that's the, the name of the game. That's the NBA right now is what can, what can you do to create mismatches, whether it's – you know, teams going really big, or now you got teams going really small. And then you got yeah. the Hawks. They sure up their center position, getting Capella in there. Who, yep. uh, you the know, Hawks, the, I Hawks think it's kind of a sneaky team. For next year, yeah, I actually feel way better because, like, this year coming into the year, people are like, some people are like, oh, they're sneaky, might be able to get into the playoffs. I'm like, what in the world are these people looking at? Like, did you see the team they put together? Like, oh, Evan Turner is going to be the backup point guard. Don't worry. We're good. And we got a bunch of rookies on the wing to help Trey Young. It's like, or second year players. It's like, we're, yeah. we're good here. And Alex Len is going to anchor a good defense. So that will be a, what in the world? So, but now they changed that a little bit. They got Jeff Teague, a nice guy to come off the bench and kind of mentor Trey Young a little bit and yep. run the second unit. Yeah, and he knows how to run a freaking offense. I mean, yeah. I think that's so much of basketball. If you have your one and your five nailed, you have a big man that can run your defense and a point guard that can run your offense. Now I just got to get, like, my talent. You know what I mean? I got to get a couple wings yeah. or I got to get, like, some, a Trey Young or whatever. Uh, guys that can go get some shots. But at least that's going to have system. Now I have offensive system and I have defensive system that I can kind of build off of. And so between bringing in Capella, they brought in T a couple weeks ago, then a separate deal, they brought in Deadman. It gives them now Trey Young and Teague at point guard, and it gives them Deadman and Capella at center. So moving forward, they're going to be pretty solid in the one and five and see where right. all these guys, Cam Reddish and, you know I mean, Herder and Hunter well, and Collins. Underrated thing about that, too, is you can play Trey Young and Teague at the same time and get Trey Young off the ball a little bit. You know, oh, I think that makes especially young players. I mean, little Steph Curry style. Kind of, yeah, frees you up a little bit. It frees you up to really, you know. He, I mean, he obviously he's gonna go get a shot anyways. But, um, but I think you know the percentages are so much better for most people on the on the catch though. Yeah, it, yeah. Like having having the opportunity to not have to worry about running a team and getting yourself off. You know, you can, you know. That'll, I think that'll help them out a lot. You know, and like you said, it just gives them a lot more flexibility. And then you can kind of run him through the second unit too, um, as far as Jeff Teague. So no, I think I think that was a great deal for the Hawks. And like you said, they're kind of another one of those another one of those trades that's a trade for next year. There's a lot of positioning going on. Like, I don't think this offseason is going to be that crazy. So, a lot of teams are kind of trying to position themselves right so they can plug whatever little holes they have because they're not going to, right. to do heavy overhaul. Right. Um, so, Pelton gave the Warriors – he wrote a book on the Warriors. <laughs> but he also – this is like maybe the longest trade breakdown for a single team that I've seen. I don't know. Maybe not. But, uh, great. Like, seriously, I'm looking at this kind of scroll for like – Six scrolls just to get through their one, and I'm on a big mark. Anyways, so it's a B for the Rockets, a B for the Hawks, uh, and then we got the Timberwolves. You gave them a B minus. Uh, they brought in, they brought in Malik Beasley, Hernan Gomez. Essentially, for one of the first round picks they could have got for Covington, they flipped it to the Nuggets to get Beasley and Hernan Gomez which the Nuggets couldn't really pay this offseason. They're going to be restricted free agents. So it would have yeah. just made their team stupid expensive, especially for the role they're playing. So then the Nuggets kind of get to reset that asset and come back with a come out of it with a first-round pick. And the Timberwolves get to replace uh, Wiggins on the wing. And then they also get a flyer on uh, Jared Vanderbilt and a 2020 first-rounder. 
so that's really four pretty solid pieces for Covington. Yeah, agree. Agree. You know, you replace you you kind of get to replace his position. You add a draft pick. You know, that's I I think that's kind of a real underrated point, you know, portion of that too. You got you're adding a draft pick to the situation and it's another opportunity to get, get some talent. You know. Well, yeah, it is it is this year. So the, the right. they're going to have not a couple and they can hold on to theirs and the deal they made with uh to get Russell. So yeah, I, the Timberwolves set themselves up as well as they've been set up in a long, long time. It's just they got to see if they have anything on the wing because uh, Russell and uh, Towns will probably give you a pretty good offense, probably. But yeah, neither one can guard anybody, so that'll be interesting. It'd be a nice, it'd be an, it'd be nice to get a get a guy on the wing that can that can shoot a little bit. Well, what they really would love is finding a guy. Actually, they might not love this, but what they need is a guy. There's only a few in the league is the problem. You got, like, uh, Brooke Lopez. You got Evan Turner. And you got, like, Przingis. <laughs> there's not many guys that can block shots at a high level and help anchor your defense and then still really yeah. space out to the three. Not just shoot threes, but, like, shoot threes in a way where the other team doesn't want to let you get them off. Right. Right. At a high enough percent. I mean, I went to a couple of Bucks games. I mean, Brooke Lopez, like, he was he was shooting threes in transition. You know, it was – he looked like a little guy out there shooting threes, which is crazy because I, I just I, – I didn't think he had that game. Well, it doesn't surprise me too much because if you remember, like, his, his – like uh, – I'd call it a low post game, but it was more like a high post game. And he chose yeah. like weird little turnaround fader from yeah. like 17 feet. I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, why? Got- you're gigantic. You see this gigantic human being turning this little ball, just kind of float up there. I'm like, okay, now from three, at least it's like, I don't know. It makes me feel better about it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a weird game, but it's effective. It's effective. He makes shots. And he's right he helps in the rebounding game. And, he and he's good. He's good defensively. Very good. One of the best uh, rim protectors in the in the game right now. Uh, and then the Nuggets. We talked about a little bit, but they get a flyer on uh, Jop. The couple other little pieces, and then they get a first round pick reset and kind of the assets keeping things clean. They really didn't yeah. push any chips in the this trade deadline. Um, not as many teams push chips in as I thought would because of how – I guess it – I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say it feels like it's so open because the Lakers are playing incredibly well, the Clippers are looming, and the Bucks are on like a historic pace. So I, right. I, I guess it's hard to be like if you're not right right there, it's not like you're one good player is going to swing you to the top and you're going to win a title. But right. it feels more open than it has in the past. Yeah, no, I, I thought there was less contenders, too. Like, I thought the Lakers possibly could have tried to trade Kuzma. Um, you know, I thought the Nuggets would kind of try to push to go get somebody. I, I think the Lakers just ended up in a situation where any deal they were going to do, they weren't going to be um, increasing their number of quality players. They yeah. They might have mixed the pot a little. But they weren't going to go from like seven guys you trust to eight or nine. So right. it's going to be seven, but just seven different ones. Like I got to trade Danny Green. What? Right. They don't have a, like a gaping hole necessarily in their team either. So it's not like you know you're trying to fill a, a certain spot. Although, uh, what is it, Collison? Right now, they're waiting to hear whether or not he's. He's coming back. He yeah. Be real nice to replace Rondo's minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Rondo's been okay this year. Yeah. Emphasis on okay. He's just old. I mean, he's, he's, he's super – To be honest with you, I thought he was going to be a guy that maybe, you know, would start the season starting and then end up, you know – 10, 15 minutes a game. That's kind of what he's doing. I mean, what's he at? Let me pull it up. 
Spitz, I thought, isn't he? I don't know. I need to pull it up. Because uh, Avery Bradley and Danny Green, I feel like, have locked up their backcourt starting positions. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, Avery, Avery Bradley's been kind of a surprise, too. I always I always liked him. I, I just felt like he got uh, pushed out to try and guard wings more than just, like, on-ball point guards. Yeah. And the second that happens, he's too tiny for that. So yeah. now he just looks – he's, like, terrible defensive player is what he looks like. So it's like you can't really have him on the floor. If I was a photographer, I'm refusing to take that picture. No, I'm not doing that. What do, what do we got here? We got yeah, Rondo's playing like twenty one minutes a game, but yeah. All right, so we got a couple. We got a couple more trades here. We talked about the Hawks. We talked about. Uh, we really got three trades left. We got Iggy. We got Morris, and we got Drummond. What? What? Where do you want to go first? Let's do. Uh, let's attack, let's just do them in that order. All right, Andre Iguodala going to the Miami Heat. You know, I I gotta be. We're we're gonna talk real quick about our disappointments from uh, in a minute about our trade deadline, um, and one of mine was Dallas. Part of the reason that I drafted Dallas is I was like hundred percent they were gonna make a move to get better. And then right after I draft them, Powell gets hurt for. He's out for the year. <laughs> Doncic twists his ankle. And the only move they make was to semi-replace Powell. I'm like, oh, man, this did not work out. But yeah. um, somebody who did make a move to get better, we had uh, the Heat go out. And they sent out Justice Winslow, uh, James Johnson, Dion Waiters. And they got back Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill. And the Grizzlies uh, sent James Johnson to the Timberwolves and got uh, uh, Zhang back. Yeah. So what do you think of this for the Heat? I think – I mean, I think the Heat added something that they needed. I think they got – with getting Iggy and Crowder, um, you add some physicality and you add some experience. I think that's not a, kind of something they lack. They're a pretty young team. Um, the only thing is, is how how much is Iguodala going to play? You know what, Andre? You know, is he's old? He hasn't played all year. What kind of shape is he in? You know that that's kind of what you have to look at. Is it going to be, you know, old man Iguodala? Is it going to be? Finals MVP Iguodala is going to be a, a slice of that, you know. So supposedly in his interview, or no, he not supposedly, he did say in his interview that supposedly he feels very bouncy after taking some extra time uh, off. It helped put uh, help his body heal and recover a little bit better. So if that's actually true, it would not surprise me. Yeah, he's got plenty in the tank to essentially use the rest of the season to get back into game shape. And be ready for twenty games. Ready, ready for a playoff run. Yeah, but that you know. that gives them Butler and Bam and Iguodala all out on the floor together to kind of give you the anchor of a pretty incredible defensive unit. And then you got Nunn yeah. and Robinson. Real, real nice. I don't know where these find these guys, but real nice little finds <laughs> for the Heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think you know Jake Crowder kind of brings a tough guy mentality. You know, he's kind of a. I don't know. I've always been a fan of his game. He usually plays on winners. You know, he was with the Celtics for a while. Um. You know, I just I like his game. He can do it. He, you know, he's not he's not great, but he can do a lot. He's kind of a, a jack of all trades type of guy, and he's going to bring bring kind of a, a tough mentality to their team too. Well, they you know? definitely gave so themselves. Some, I think that's kind of. Oh, yeah, they, they definitely give themselves some forward depth uh, with some guys on the wing because behind Butler, they didn't have a whole lot. And no. between like teams like the Celtics that have like 
three all-star caliber wings <laughs> and then yeah. it, whether it's Giannis you got to run into or the 76ers aren't small they have some big forwards you got to contend yeah. with you got the Lakers uh, and the Clippers now uh, all with a lot of size in that two through four position and I, I, I think this gives the Heat a little bit more depth there to actually be able to bang with some of those guys where it's not all on Jimmy Butler to do it at both ends, to be the number yeah. one linchpin offensively and run it as well as absorbing those guys on the defensive end because nobody else has the physicality to do it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I think I think Miami definitely got better. They added, like you said, they added depth. Um, they, gave, they got Jimmy Butler some help, you know, and they, and they, and they added some experience. So I think that, that'll be huge for them. You know, they added a couple guys that have played in finals. You know, they got playoff experience, you know, so. And all they gave up was really Justin Winslow, got off of some money, and kept their uh, books real clean for 2021, in case Giannis yep. uh, wants to see what it's like to live on uh <laughs> down on South Beach. <laughs> uh, uh. And then we, the Grizzlies didn't get a lot of return for, uh, I, I don't know. It all depends on what Justice Winslow ends up doing. If he comes back healthy and is as good as he's looked at times, that's a great piece to put next to Jaw and Jarrett Jackson and yeah. those guys down there. Um, but they didn't get any draft pick compensation. And they absorbed a bunch of con, a bunch of money. So it's right. That's the tough part. Is they absorb this the is this contract situation? Because I mean, anything they kind of got for Iguodala, I felt like, you know, that thing really extended a lot longer than I think they wanted it to. Um, you know, like you said though, if if Winslow comes back healthy, and he come because he 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 showed flashes of being a dude, you know, but. Yeah. But if he comes back healthy and can make shots and, and, and kind of fit into their offense, I think they could have something for sure. What are they right? Are they kind of hanging on to that eight spot? They're right in there. Let me see. Let me get their the current standings uh, right now. Right now they are sitting in the A spot ahead of the Trailblazers who are blazing back uh, into contention uh, for the playoffs. 26 and 26 versus 24 and 29. So they are two and a half games uh, in the lead over ninth. Yeah. And then OKC and Dallas. OKC, six seed. Thank you very much. I mean, <laughs> come on. I, I was, I was going to, yeah. I was telling people, man, they might have lost two wins off of their team last year. They're going to win about the same number of games. And I think I'm going to be wrong. They might win more games this year than they won last year. Right yeah. now they have, a, they have a chance to do that still, uh, which is pretty incredible. If you go pick up like six first-round picks in the offseason and the team that you bring back is a little bit younger and wins more games. Yeah. Yeah. You won't get it, day. but Sam Presti should get uh, GM of the year or executive of the year or whatever it is. It's like, come on. Um, yeah. It, all right. Anything else before we head to the to the Clippers? No, I think we're well, good on that. I think there's there's another team in there, but it's just like the Wolves, right? They're picking up James yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Nice little power forward for him to give a little competency in their starting lineup, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, it should be the plan there. But then we got Marcus Morris going to the Clippers in the most confusing way possible for a very straightforward trade. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Uh, he's like, how, how complicated can we make this? All right. So let's, let's get the Wizards involved because, of course, we need them involved. Uh, probably yep. just to be able to dump a little bit of money for the Clippers getting Jerome Robinson over there. So the Wizards get a flyer on him to be able to see uh, what he can do long-term to be able to get rid of Isaiah Thomas. And then the Knicks, uh, they get the 2020 first-round pick for the Clippers. They get a 2021 first-round pick swap. So don't worry, Trevor. If – the Clippers draft pick in 2021 is worse than the Knicks. If the Knicks win more games than the Clippers in 2021, <laughs> they get to switch them draft picks. So that's a, I'm sure that was the, like the 
it pushed it over the top, right? Without uh, that, there is no deal. Uh, and then you also got a 2021 second round pick. Uh, and, and Mo Harkless, obviously, to make the salary work. And then the Clippers get Marcus Morris. Is he, I think they brought him in as the LeBron stopper. I mean, is that really like what what just happened? <laughs> I think uh, uh, that might be Kawhi's job, right? Uh, it's somebody's job, and I'm pretty sure whoever's job it is, is isn't going to get it done. But you know, like, yeah, <laughs> somebody's going to try. Good luck. But, what do you think of what do you think Morris is going to give? Uh, give the Clippers over what Harkless was giving them because they didn't really add another guy. They just switched a guy, right? So Harkless to Morris. I don't know. I think, I think you get, you get, you get a guy that's been there before. I don't know. I think, I think Morris is a little bit better of a scorer. Um, same style-ish of player. I think you bring a little toughness in. I mean, Harkless, I liked his game though too. You yeah. know, but I don't. I don't think. I think you got a little bit better, but I don't think it was a big splash deal. I don't think you're going to get that much better, to be honest with you. I think, like I said, I think maybe you got a little better offensively. Um, you probably took a little bit of a hit defensively, in my opinion. Um, but you, like you bring in a guy. You know, but you already have Kawhi, so it's like you're not really looking to bring in experience. You know, that's kind of – it is what it is. But I don't know. I think they got a little bit better. I don't think it was – I don't think it was a great deal. I think it's a, a a bigger name because of the money that he got paid from the Knicks, probably. But I don't – as far as skill-wise or what you're going to get production-wise, I don't think it's going to be a huge difference. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be interesting – so defensively, I'm a little torn. I think Harkless is a much better off-ball defender. So he's going to yeah. be a better help defender and all, all this fun stuff. Um, even transition. I just think he's a little bouncier, a little quicker. Yeah. But then Morris, I feel like, might do might actually do a better job on like a LeBron James or somebody like this, a larger forward, uh, as far as like one-on-one. So I kind of think it depends on the game, which one yeah. and the matchup which one helps your defense more depending on what you really need. Um, if they have somebody you can hide somebody on having Harkless out there, it's great. He can just help off of them a little bit more. Uh, yeah. But if you don't have that, which is what you're kind of assuming going into the playoffs, So it's nice to have a little bit bigger body because they definitely don't have the rim protection. So everybody pretty much has to hold their own on the perimeter. Cause if you get, big, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zubox isn't saving the day. Like, I mean, we're not holding our breath on this one. Like, all right, buddy. I know you're gigantic, but uh, well, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I definitely don't want my season, my playoff hopes in his hands protecting the rim. So, uh, and Morris is just a better shooter though than Harkless. So he might give you a little bit better spacing, so you can't junk it up as much. But that's my yep. biggest criticism of the Clippers is twofold. One, they lack rim protection. And two, they don't have anybody that runs offense. They have yeah. Kawhi, who is one of the best one-on-one guys at just slowing it down, getting a shot, being on command, just go get what he needs to be able to get done. And Lou Williams is kind of similar, and that pick and roll uh, with Harrell is dominant. George, I, I'm interested to see how this works out of the playoffs. Because George, he can create a little bit off the dribble. He can do some stuff, but he's not like Kawhi in that sense. He's better if no. somebody else is like Westbrook or somebody is creating an advantage, give it to him with a little bit of an advantage. Now you're really in trouble because he can shoot cover off the ball and he right. can drive a little bit. He has all the moves and everything, but he's not quite that primary, primary guy. And now yeah. you're somebody in Morris who's the same way. He's not running off. He's a ball stopper. Like, he, he, he right. wants to pound. Even if he doesn't shoot, he wants to dribble it, like, four times before he passes it. Like, I just yeah. want to make sure that I'm not open. And then I may pass it around. But just, just coach, I've gotten yelled at before for not shooting when I was open. So I just really want to make sure. Uh, but I don't know if that helps the flow of their offense. Which, okay, but now I feel like in the playoffs, that's going to make him probably more reliant on Lou Williams than you want to be because he's such a liability on defense right if you have to have his offense is different than his offense being a luxury at the end of the beginning of the second quarter that 
spicy a luxury games. A luxury with a second unit, a guy that's going to go out there and get, you know, might get 30 for you one night. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together because really go, by the time the playoffs get here, unless they just start playing all of the games and they're healthy, their core is not going to have very many games played together. I mean, right. yeah, with Morris, obviously, but even if you exclude Morris, I mean, they just haven't played that many games altogether. So there's not this depth of chemistry to rely on either. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. you know, well, I was listening to a coaching podcast the other day. I think it's Chris Oliver, and I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it since I'm uh, – I listen to it all the time. And I steal from it. So, you know, uh, the basketball Perfect. podcast. Uh, but it's really good stuff. They had somebody on there the other day uh, talked about a good shot is one that your teammates expect you to take. So it's, yeah. like, it's like, no, he always takes this shot. Like, when you know that – well, you can do what you're supposed to do when a shot goes up and you're like ready for it. Whether that's crashing, whether that's getting back, whether that's, you mean, whatever that is. Um, and with so many guys that it's just going to be individual offense that haven't played that much together, I'm a little bit worried about them going into the playoffs. All right, anything else before we wrap up with the most exciting trade of the entire trade deadline? Let's do it. Putting together the better version than what they had in Minnesota of the Bruce brothers. You're going to have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond getting like 97 rebounds a game and still losing nine out of 10 games. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> I'm a, how do you, how do the two of you average 32 rebounds a game between the two of you? And you haven't won a game in 12 games. <laughs> like, how is that possible? Like, I didn't mathematically, I didn't even know that was possible. Because <laughs> uh, they can't score. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm giving them a hard, hard time. I think it's an interesting front court. Uh, but I, man, I really can't say too much bad about the trade because they didn't give anything up. No, that's the crazy part. I mean, obviously, Detroit was just dumping salary. Well, they didn't want Drummond to pick up his option for next year. (laughs) That's what they're really doing. They didn't want to pay him $28 million to be on their team next year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, interesting move. But, yeah, do you have anybody else? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) You know? Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a a 2023 second-round pick. (laughs) Do you know, you know, like, honestly, the the biggest loser of this trade is Andre Drummond. Because even if everybody in the league knew that that was kind of his value, the fact that he got traded for that, now if he goes for the free agent market (laughs) this offseason, it's like, wait a second. You do know you were just trading for a 2023 second-round pick, like, four months ago, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like what, what do you think happened in your value between then and now? To uh, make, oh, you helped the Cavs lose another 25 games. Congratulations. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, like, he's not even – probably not even going to be there next year. Like, just a weird move. Weird, weird, weird move. You know, just don't – I don't know. I, I will I say this. The guys, trying to go well, here's, here's, I think, the problem is nobody's fully convinced that he could go to a contender and fit in and do what, just what they want him to do and help him win. Yeah. Like, I think he has a lot of talent and ability. I think he can be a really good defender sometimes. I think other times he does really stupid things. Uh, I think he could be a really good playmaker. I think he's surprisingly over these last few years when they put him more on the high post, shown how good of a passer he actually is, which mm-hmm. I would not have guessed. Um, no. And that that's obviously a very positive thing. He's an incredible rebounder, which I joke about, but it is a very valuable thing. As much as people want to belittle it, as long as you're helping your team become a good rebounding team and not just shoving yeah. everybody else out of the way. Like the, the Andre Jordan, I'm gonna yell at you all night long if you stole a rebound from me. Like, right. You took one of my rebounds. Now I'm right. not buying you dinner. Like, all right, rookie, you're carrying my bags. Just you carry that. <laughs> yeah. re- you took that rebound don't, from me. Like, don't ever t- ball it comes off the rim. That's for me. <laughs> but if you're actually making your team a good rebounding team, I, I think it would be interesting 
potentially with uh, Love and Drummond up front. They're both good passers. They're both incredible rebounders. Uh, Love gives you a stretch option uh, to give you some space, pulling a big guy away from the rim. And then Drummond gives you a roll dunking lob option target for their two young guards. So I, 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 I could put together the devil's advocate. Like I see possibly what maybe could work. Uh, it just makes it feel like they're trying to build around Kevin Love still. though, is what I'm a little bit confused by. Like they're going all in on size and rebounding and passing and you mean from the big positions to let their free up their two young guards. And I'm like, if Love was like five years younger, that'd be brilliant. I mean, Drummond's well, I mean, only 26, but if anything, you would have thought they would have been they would have been sellers, not buyers. You know, but well, I don't think I don't they had anything to sell, frankly. Kevin Love. Would, I mean, Kevin teams Love. wanted teams wanted uh, compensation back for taking Kevin Love. So, like, th- this is at least what the story is: is the Cavaliers are like, "Hey, here's Kevin Love, and all we want is like a first round draft pick and like another first round draft pick." <laughs> and yeah. Other teams are like. Oh, I thought you had said this like a first round draft pick and like four second round draft picks just for taking him. Like I didn't know you wanted value back for him. I thought we were doing you a favor. Like and, and, and now Kevin Love's still on the Cavaliers. <laughs> like <laughs> so they're like, you know what would make this way better is if he played next to Andre Drummond. That would just solve all these problems. <laughs> we have two young guards that don't know what to do. So let's, let's give them Kevin Love and Andre Drummond to deal with, and that'll bring a lot of clarity to them. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Love sold his soul for that one that one title. Well, and, and like the hundred million dollar extension. That's true. That 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 eases your winning wins and losses a little bit. I would give up a decade of my life for an NBA championship ring and a hundred million dollars. <laughs> like, I think I would do that every time. Like, pretty sure. And he made more than a hundred over the 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I make that decision a hundred times. Yeah. So not, not too many tears for Kevin Love. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you got to earn your money. And sometimes that means you're playing with two young point guards that are never going to give you the ball. Andre <laughs> Drummond. Oh my gosh! All <laughs> right, any, any, any. Uh, who, who do you think's your biggest winner coming out of the trade deadline? Um, I'm kind of torn on that because I mean, I don't think any of the teams necessarily that I would say are the biggest winner would be teams that are gonna. It's it's not gonna make an impact this year. I would say probably the Heat. You know, that's gonna probably be the biggest impact this year. Um. I don't know. I, I know. I know that guy gave Golden State a bad grade, but I think what they did for the future, for twenty twenty one, I could could pay big dividends for them. Uh, so I'd probably say those two. They're actually set up really nice now with the Warriors, is because they are gonna they have a fifteen dollar fifteen million dollar trade exemption from the Andre Iguodala trade from last year that they could use at the draft. And so what they can do is they can bring in a player that makes up the $15 million without having to send any players out. And now they picked up this first round pick from the Timberwolves. That's a nice little pick. And they picked up four second round picks. So now they have right. draft capital to put with that to potentially go get another good veteran piece yeah. to add to their team. Yeah. And they're going to have like a top five draft pick themselves. Probably right. that I'm, I'm guessing they're going to want to draft and develop and be like part of the future with now you got Wiggins is 24, you get a new draft pick, and then you have your stars that are like in their late 20s, early 30s yep. to, to give some long-term whatever. But yeah. suddenly you have those five guys we were talking about earlier with their three stars, Wiggins and Looney. And then you have Pascal, who's had a really nice year. And then you have a veteran guy you bring in on the this trade exception that you bring in a top – uh, draft pick. I mean, that gives you eight, eight solid guys, and then they're going to have an exception that they can use for a, a guy and any uh, veterans that might get excited and go, "Oh, the Warriors are looking like the Warriors again." <laughs> and want right. to jump on, right. and they still live in an amazing place to live. So <laughs> yeah, they live there, and that that looks like a fun style to play. I think I'm with you though on the Heat. I think they, uh, I think they changed their championship odds the most of any team this year. 
Yeah. The Rockets would be the only other team I might put in that conversation. Uh, there's as much more unconventional. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if they were going to win a title this year, this is the way they were going to have to do it. So they might yeah. have helped their odds, even if it's still uh, very risky. But the difference is they gave up a lot of assets and a first round pick and second round. Like they gave up a bunch of stuff in order they're to going all happen. in. They're going all in right now. And, and the Heat gave up Winslow, and that's it. And they got multiple guys back. Uh, yeah. With what the was your, any disappointments? Um, I think, I mean, this isn't necessarily a team in general, but I think I was a little disappointed that some of like the bigger contenders didn't make a move. Like I, like I said, I thought, I thought Denver would do something a little more significant. I thought, you know, possibly the Lakers, possibly, you know, the Clippers doing something else. I mean, like we were kind of saying, Morris is kind of a weird fit, you know. Can I get I a center? Like, yeah, get a center in there. There's just not a lot of great options for it. Is right. the hard part. And the, the the Lakers' the hands were tied. They they could do very very little. And if they're going right. to do anything, it was going to be for a guy that made like thirteen fourteen million a year or less. So it's like yeah. Covington would be the guy that would yeah. help. But Timberwolves got a haul for Covington right. that the Lakers but couldn't match. The only other thing I could have seen is like is them trying to. You know, I don't know. Even even like go for you know get rid of a guy like Kuzma for maybe some capital next year to kind of hedge their bets, see if what LeBron does. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, because you know, I think I personally think LeBron's going to stay there, but he might not. You know, yeah. so you kind of you're kind of hedging your bets that way and going to bring in some young talent that way. He's staying um, there until Bronny comes into the league. If Bronny comes into the league. He hasn't proven that he's like NBA caliber guy yet. Like, but yeah, the pedigree is fairly good. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he comes from a decent bloodline. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I was really disappointed in some teams that just didn't do anything, like the Mavs. I really thought the Mavericks were going to yeah. get more involved, and I don't know if it was Powell's injury and the uh, Doncic going down, twisting his ankle. The Przingis has been a little in and out. I don't know if they just said, "Yeah, this might not be our year. Let's not push it all in." Which okay, uh, I definitely thought they had a different perspective, or else I wouldn't have drafted them as high <laughs> for the second <laughs> half. I was really counting on some help coming in, <laughs> not a guy going out for the season, but whatever. And the Thunder. I wanted the Thunder to use Robertson's uh, contract. He hasn't played in like two years. He's making like $10 million a year, and this is the last year of it. I wanted them to use that to go get Covington. Because if you yeah. brought in Covington and put him on the Thunder, suddenly that team's like yeah. one more good wing and the, who can play defense and shoot threes. They're like – they're not quite on the same level as like L.A. or the Clippers – uh, but holy cow, I wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs. But right, and they got what 15 first round draft picks over the next seven years, so <laughs> yes, <it's> ridiculous. <laughs> All right, all right, Trev, anything else before, before we get out of here? I think, uh, I don't think I got anything else. W- one thing I, I, I need to I need to bring up, I need to, oh, I should have talked about this earlier too. Maybe I'll have to put something out in the beginning. Is I'm running a 5k, you know, I'm running a 5k. Oh my, Josh, that's so far. <laughs> it's not that far, <laughs> but it, with, even uh, when, even when I was in really good shape, like that's so far. Well, I, so I ran cross country, so five k wasn't like you mean that's crazy. You that's not too bad. That was uh, uh sixty five pounds ago, <laughs> approximately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I carried extra weight, well, but it's uh, a lot of weight to go. No, they're, uh, Brian Jansen, he's in the league with us, is doing uh, running a 5K for Break the Chains of Human Trafficking. They're doing a 5K fundraiser uh, deal in Federal Way. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. That's if, cool. If there's a reason to get me, ex- like, to actually go get in a little you bit know, of shape, there's, so. If there was a reason, maybe I, I could see myself at least walking half of it. <laughs> but Break the Break the chains of human trafficking. It's a it's a it's a really cool thing uh, that they're putting on. Uh, 
it's incredible, unfortunately, and really, really sad, just how much uh, of an impact even here in like the Seattle area is really, really big. Uh, really yeah. all along oh, the I-90 corridor is. Well, big. I know, I know I've, I've, you know, I've heard a lot of things too. You know, yeah, Seattle's huge at getting imported and exported out of the port of Seattle too. You know, that's a, that's no bueno. I couldn't, you know, that's something, that's a great, a great cause and something that's, you know, tough to talk about and tough to even think about, but, but it's a, it's definitely a problem. Yeah. It's almost as hard as it was for me to breathe when I got home today from my run. <laughs> I like ran around the block. I was like, okay, I got, I got to train a little. It's been a while since I've done any, and I was like, I was wheezing. I was definitely wheezing when I came yeah. in. He's looking at me funny. I'm like, uh, we're gonna get there. Don't worry. We're gonna get there. I got like three months, so uh, <laughs> well, at, least, at, least, at least you got some time. Well, good thank goodness, or else I'd be in trouble. <laughs> All right, Trev. Well, it's good talking. All right, man. Well, have a good night, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Attack the Rack. Make sure you rate five stars. It really helps. I really appreciate that. Make sure you actually do it. Don't just think about it. Pretend to do it. Be like, that sounds like a good idea. Actually, make sure you go right now on your phone and hit five stars. If you have a couple of minutes, leave a good review. It really, really helps. We appreciate it. Coming up in our next set of episodes, we're going to be going through the entire league, working through doing five different Uh, teams at a time uh, six total different episodes to work all the way through the league talking through what's going on with each team some of those teams looking forward to the playoffs and some of those teams looking towards next season Uh, also going to be going through the all-star rosters now that we know who the starters the reserves are and who got picked where talk soon